Watch and listen to the talking news every day at 12 noon and 6 p.m. on Channel 96 Comcast Xfinity and Channel 30 Verizon Fios. It can also be heard Mondays and Tuesdays at 4.30 p.m. and Wednesdays at 12.30 p.m. on Channel 9 Xfinity and Channel 29 Fios. Listen anytime on the BMC Podcast Network on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search for the Belmont Media Podcast Network. And now on to the talking news. Paramount Television donates $20,000 by Joanna K. Zavallis. In exchange for allowing them to film in Belmont on three separate occasions, Paramount Television donated $20,000 to the town, according to town administrator Patrice Garvin. Garvin announced the donation at the August 12th select board meeting and said the amount would be earmarked to offset the cost of police station renovations. Paramount Television chose 16 Ivy Road in Belmont as the home of the main character played by actor Chris Evans in the film series for Apple Television, Defending Jacob, based on the New York Times bestseller by Newton author William Landay. Evans, best known for his role as Captain America, plays the father of a 14-year-old boy accused of murder. The mother is played by actress Michelle Dockery, famous for her role as Mary in Downton Abbey. To show their appreciation to the town, Paramount Television presented a monetary donation in a sealed envelope to the selectmen at the April 8 meeting when the filming in Belmont was approved. The envelope remains sealed and the amount of the donation unknown until the filming of Defending Jacob in Belmont was completed. Originally, the crew was only supposed to be in town the week of April 29th. However, due to an illness of one of the actors, they had to return on May 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. They returned a third time on July 19th due to bad weather during the the filming when they returned a second time in May. Anne-Marie Mahoney, the chairman of the building committee for the Police and Public Works Projects, was delighted with the donation. I think the $20,000 donation from Paramount is wonderful. Every penny we can get our hands on for the DPW police project is a plus because we are trying to be as frugal as possible since the project has not been funded with a debt exclusion. We would use a little extra money for landscaping and furnishings, she said. Assistant Town Administrator John Marshall worked closely with the location crew throughout the filming. He admits there was some initial trepidation regarding the filming and received some calls from residents who had concerns. When we relayed the concerns to Paramount, they were immediately addressed and we did not have many repeat issues, said Marshall. I think the town was able to be part of something special, and the neighborhood they filmed in will have memories for years to come. The Plymouth Congregational Church also benefited from the filming, because the church hall was used for the film crew's meals throughout the filming, each uh, of the three times. A catering truck and van took between six to seven spaces on Pleasant Street in front of the church for a 12-hour duration on the filming days as early as 5 a.m. to no later than 10 p.m. 
Fifteen passenger vans shuttled crew members back and forth from the set to the church. The Reverend Joe Zaro said he wasn't able to reveal the amount of the rent paid by Paramount, but said it had been a big financial benefit to the church and helped them with this year's budget. Homeowners, including the owners of 16 Ivy Road and surrounding homes affected by the filming, also received monetary compensation from Paramount. And now over to my colleague, Steve. Thank you. The Man Behind the Maintenance by Joanna K. Savellis. Although many residents leave Belmont during the summertime for vacations and business, and business slows down considerably, town department heads like facilities director Steve Dorrance are busier than ever. Dorrance, who is responsible for maintaining and managing about a million square feet of Belmont's town buildings, is proud of the progress he has made since his first day on the job, April 30th. 2018. One of his major goals is his, in his role is preventative maintenance. You pay now or you pay later. It's no different than maintaining your car or your own house, he said. The same principle applies to buildings. If you're not doing the preventative maintenance on our HVAC systems, we'll end up spending 11 times more to replace major components, he said. In June, Town meeting approved more than $1 million for the facility department's budget, capital funds, and community preservation funds, which has allowed Dorrance to make many necessary improvements to the interior and exterior of the buildings he is responsible for, such as repairing the roofs at Town Hall and the Homer Municipal Building, and restoring concrete sidewalks at the Belmont Fire Station buildings and the Belmont Public Library. Dorrance has also encountered many surprises in some of the town buildings, including two of the newest buildings, the nine-year-old Wellington Elementary School and Beach Street Center, due to poor workmanship, low quality materials, or lack of maintenance. At the Wellington, 1,500 square feet of gym floor had to be replaced due to a leak in a six-inch roof drain. For years, as water came down off the roof in hundreds of gallons, the water followed the threads of the screws out of the pipe, down the pipe in a perfectly straight line, hit the concrete slab under the gym floor, said Dorrance. It cost $5 in metal patch to fix the holes once the screws were removed, and a little more than $26,000 to remove the damaged floor and replace it, he said. Also at the Wellington, the area around two sides of the small playground is eroding, causing good-sized stones to be washed onto the playground, and also icing over the over during the and also icing over during the winter. The facilities department is overseeing the installment of two sections of fence to keep children from running through the area, and a three-tier stone wall to stop the erosion, backfilling the area with loom and planting low-maintenance bushes. At the Beach Street Center, a large section of the metal roof is damaged and breaching the building envelope, according to Dorrance. During metal and thawing cycles, the ice and snow, snow load, slides off the main section of the roof and literally crushes and pulls up the metal on two small gable roofs, he said. The current roof is zinc. The replacement roof will be copper and, uh, and will be there 100 years from now, he said. The cost of the repair will be $50,000.
There are about 1,000 HVAC filters system-wide. Dorrance hired a helper this summer to change every one of them. This will make a big difference in our internal environments by not recirculating dust and pollutants that are on the filters. Secondly, when there is adequate airflow through the filters, the room, rooms heat more quickly and energy consumption is reduced at Dorrance. Dorrance said some repairs need to be made due to the dirty filters reducing airflow inside some of the HVAC systems, causing air handling fans to work harder and wear out more quickly. This was an unanticipated need estimated to cost $20,000 and will be funded out of the school revolving account, he said. Dorrance discovered hundreds of faulty sprinkler heads at the chainery that need to be replaced before school starts. The cost will be approximately $111,000, and because it was an unanticipated need, Dorrance said it will also be funded out of the school revolving account. Dorrance said that if the broken sprinkler heads were discovered in 2007, they could have been replaced for free. Dorrance is very hands-on and not afraid to get up on a Belmont Fire Department ladder truck to repair a copper flashing on the town hall town hall cupola. With the help of the Belmont Assistant Fire Chief Wayne Haley and Belmont Fire Lieutenant William Kaufman, Dorrance climbed 95 feet up the ladder to secure the flashing that had become loose and presented a danger of coming off. The cooperation between our two town departments saved the town $2,500 to $3,000 for the mobilization of a crane and basket, said Dorrance. And now over to you, Max. Thank you, Steve. Person killed by train in Belmont. Wicked local media partner WCVB-TV is reporting a person was struck and killed by a commuter rail train Monday morning in Belmont. MBTA Transit Police said the victim, a man who was approximately 21 years old, was on the right-of-way when he was struck by an inbound train on the Fitchburg line. Belmont Police said Brighton Street was closed between Cross and Hittinger Streets because of the incident at a railroad crossing. Fitchburg Line Train 400 from Wachusett was stopped near Porter Square because of the incident, officials said. The MBTA commuter rail said passengers were accommodated by an extra train coming from North Station. Over to you, Bob. Thank you, Max. Viala plays in Rugby Nationals by Joanna K. Zavallis. Belmont resident uh, Gabriella Viala was the youngest player from the Boston women's rugby team to play in the Summer Rugby Sevens Nationals in Kansas City, Missouri on August the 10th and the 11th. Viali was the captain of the Belmont High School rugby team and played for four years at Belmont High School. She graduated this year and will be playing on the University of Vermont rugby team. Dee Nash, the assistant coach of the BHS girls rugby team and captain of the Boston women's rugby team, said Viala has an excellent basic rugby skills such as the catch, pass, and tackle, but she also excels at the tactical decision-making components of the game, and as much, and as much, which is much more difficult to learn. 
As for Gabby's future rugby career, I think there are a lot of directions she can she can go, and hopefully this trip to the Nationals will be a great experience for her to compete at a higher level and grow as a player, said Nash. All six games in the tournament were lost, but the Belmont Citizen Herald had a chance to catch up with Gabriella via email to learn about her experience and playing in the tournament and her future hopes. How do you feel about playing by being chosen to play in the Summer Rugby's Nationals uh, August 10 through 11 in Kansas City? It was really amazing to be chosen as a player at a higher level of rugby. And I'm really excited to be able to play and advance my skills. Being chosen to play with my coach at Nationals means that I am improving my rugby skills and that I can play with women on a women's team. What does this mean for your rugby career? I plan to continue playing rugby and this will be this will let me become a better rugby player and, and I will be able to be around so many more rugby players. There are so many people watching nationals and it allowed everyone's rugby careers to advance. How did you get involved with the Boston women's rugby team? Well, I have been on the Boston women's under 19 rugby team since my freshman year and my high school coaches have been a, a part of the Belmont of the Boston women's and lots of players on the Belmont team go to the Boston women's under-19 team. What was the experience for you in Kansas City playing in the Summer Rugby Sevens Nationals? We were all disappointed with the result of the tournament, but very lucky to have have the experience. It was amazing to be able to play against people with so much rugby experience, and I got better from it. Being able to learn from better rugby players, and this was my first year, so hopefully we'll be be able to improve and go back next year. What's next after this? Well, after this, I want to continue playing rugby and further my skills, and I really want rugby to continue to be part of my life. And now over to Steve. Thank you. Belmont, a Purple Heart community, submitted by John Swisher. A day, the 7th of August, is not just any day. As towners from citizens to elected officials came to honor our Purple Heart precipitants, along with veterans from World War II came came out to give their respect and show honor. Belmont Assistant Police Chief James McIsaac was the keynote speaker reminding those that gave their ultimate sacrifice McIsaac gave recognition to two World War II veterans sitting within the audience with their Purple Heart medals on. McIsaac reminded us of two Belmont men that gave their life shortly after graduation from the class of 65. He went on to say, the new courts constructed will be dedicated in memory of Sergeant Edward Teddy Lee that was killed in action at Binh Dinh, Vietnam in May 1868. Reading from the plaque to be made and presented in November, Teddy was a recognizable presence at Townfield. Later, he became a standout football, later on the BHS state champion football team of 1964. And now over to you, Max. Thank you, Steve. The Difference a Day at the Salon Can Make by Angela Toma. Sisters Frances Lodi 
and Edie Seglia walked into Salon de Paris in Belmont for a day of pampering. Neither knew what to expect because neither Lodi nor Seglia had gone to a beauty parlor before. Lodi, 87, and Seglia, now in her 90s, might not have made the trip if not for the kindness of the Watertown community. The idea for the trip started with Carl Bertolino, a longtime family friend and quickly found itself rooted through a maze of deep Watertown roots reaching from Bertoloni's home in Florida to Watertown, New Hampshire, and beyond. Bertolino, a Watertown native, has known the sisters since boyhood. He and Lodi's son, James Jimmy Bourgeois, were close friends. Bourgeois died in 2016, and both Lodi and Celia now live by themselves. Bertolino said he, they are both lonely, and he wanted to find a way to raise the spirits of his lifelong family friends. Because he now lives in Florida, Bertolino said he was not sure what he could do. He posted a message on Facebook and asked the Watertown community if anyone would be willing to drive the sisters to a local beauty salon. According to Bertolino, the response was tremendous. Many Watertown natives who lived as far away as New Hampshire and Cape Cod got in touch with Bertolino asking how they could help. I cannot believe how nice everybody is from Watertown. They really are, Bertolino said. It was just unbelievable. It was amazing. Dave Pendergast, a former Watertown police officer, was one of the many who got in touch with Bertolino. He told Bertolino how his wife's family had lived behind Siglia's and Lodi's brother, Pat Siglio. Pat was a teacher at the Watertown Middle School and had taught Bertolino many years ago. Pendergast said he knew the whole family and offered to drive if Edie and Lodi to the, station, the salon in Belmont. It was great because I would have sent a cab, and because of their age, this works out much better. Pendergast can keep an eye out on them, Bertolino said. At first, the sisters were hesitant. Seglia said she thought the whole affair ridiculous <clears throat> because the makeover wouldn't make her any different. By the end, though, both sisters' tunes had changed. Vivian Abkarian, owner of Salon de Paris, took care of the pair. When Bertolino told Abkarian what he had planned, she said she wanted to help and even gave Bertolino a discount. I want to give them a day of beauty, she said. I want to change them, give them color and nails and hair and everything. I just wanted to be part of it so their spirits can be up. Abkarian gave Lodi and Edie matching short-haired, short-layered haircuts and painted their nails the same silver hue. The sisters even had their makeup done. By the time Abkarian had finished, the dynamic duo were ready for a night out on the town. I thought it wasn't going to be possible. I really didn't, Sabia said. I said to Carl, I am not going to change, but I do feel different. Lodi also said she felt excellent. They did a good job. I really like it, she said, her voice filled with excitement. Both sisters said they would come back again. Aging is hard, Bertolino said, especially when all of your friends and most of your family have died. A day at the beauty parlor gave Bertolino an opportunity to give back to the two women he has known for most of his life and to make them feel good. He said that is what the whole day was about, and without the Watertown community's help, none of it might have been possible. The only thing I can say is thank you, Watertown, Bertolino said. Watertown is the best. Over to you, Bob. Thank you, Max. Follow these tips to take a great first day photo by Nicole Valapando. 
Kids are starting to head back to school. When you take their photos, consider these things. Think about the background and location. Make sure it doesn't overpower the people in the photo. Worry about the lighting. You want to see their faces and what they are wearing, not the shadows on their face or behind them. Get a full body shot if you can. You want to be able to see how little they are compared with what's around them. Take it in an identifying place to help you remember the year, for instance, in front of the class list or the teacher's door. It usually will say the grade and the teacher's name. Take it in the same spot each year. Find something you know will always be there, like a statue or a sign in front of the school or a playground around back. Granted, by the time they reach high school, you'll probably have to sneak a photo session in the car on the way there. But in general, the same background helps us see their growth. Don't worry about smiles. They might not smile. That makes it all the more memorable for who they are at this age. And now over to Steve. Thank you, Bob. What to ask at Meet the Teacher events by Nicole Villapando. As school and parents prepare Meet the Teacher events or back to school nights, here are five questions from Edutopia you should ask. First, how will you respond if or when my child struggles in class? Number two, what are the most important and complex content-related ideas my child needs to understand by the end of the year? Three, what kinds of questions do you suggest that I ask my children on a daily basis about your class? Four, is there technology that you'd recommend that can help support my child in self-directed learning? And five, what are the most common barriers you see to academic progress in your classroom? Here's a guide for the actual day. Don't expect the teacher to remember everything you've told them at the event. Follow up with an email that references the conversation. If your child has some special needs or something you want the teacher to know about your family or your child's learning style, follow that up with an email. If your child doesn't get the teacher you thought she wanted or your child wanted or isn't the same class with your or isn't in the same class with your friends, fake enthusiasm. Let your child know that yes, you hear that she is disappointed, but it's going to be a great year. If your child gets put into a class with their bully from the last year, make the teacher aware of the conflict and offer advice on what has worked or not worked in the past. Don't keep information from a teacher. A study found that teachers want to know about changes in the family or mental health issues, not just learning differences. Okay, and over to you, Max. Thank you, Steve. From Nutrition Action, sweeteners, not all alike. How do low-calorie sweeteners affect your weight? It depends. Researchers randomly assigned 123 people who were overweight or obese to drink roughly 40 to 60 ounces a day of Kool-Aid, sweetened with sugar, aspartame, equal, saccharin, sweet and low, stevia extract, truvia, or sucralose, Splenda. The sugar-sweetened drink supplied 400 to 560 calories. Heavier participants got larger servings. 
After 12 weeks, the sugar group had gained 4 pounds, and the saccharin group had gained 2.5 pounds. The stevia and aspartame groups gained, and the sucralose group lost, about 1.5 pounds. But these changes weren't statistically significant. Glucose tolerance didn't change in any group. What to do? Avoid sugary beverages, but don't assume that all low-calorie sweeteners are equal. Stevia is the safest because aspartame, sucralose, and rarely used saccharin cause cancer in animals. It's too early to know if sucralose can help people lose weight more than other sweeteners. Back to you, Bob. Along with my colleagues, Steve and Max, we thank you for listening to the Talking News and hope you've enjoyed the show. We will return in two weeks on September 10th for another edition of Local News Happenings around Belmont.